Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. You're about to hear the best news you've ever heard in your life today. I'm just going to tell you. Open your Bibles to Psalm 103. We are going to read the first five verses. Faithful? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all your in excuse me, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Let's pray. We just need to pray. We're going to go to the Lord, and then we're going to jump in. Okay, God, we love you, and your word is awesome, and we're here today in your word to hear from you. So open our eyes that we can behold awesome things from Psalm 103, 1 through 5. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So my sophomore year of high school, I just turned 15 years old, okay? And uh, I was on the sidelines of a football game, right? Uh, I think most sophomores don't play varsity football unless they're really good. I was not really good. So I'm standing on the sidelines of a football game. It's late in the season. And I, that year, got my first varsity football experience. Now listen, this wasn't because I was good. I got into the game on an accident. Okay, now here's what I mean by that. Um, so, so it was on a kickoff, right? It was late in the game, and some dude that was supposed to be on the kickoff team had been injured. So coaches were kind of panicking. They're like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And they needed somebody to go in. So, so a coach reaches back, and I, and I was just happened to be right there, and he like grabbed my shoulder pads, and, he, and he's like, Go. So I run in the game, right? Snap up my helmet, and I'm lining up in a varsity Friday night lights, baby. Like, I'm on a kickoff team. And the adrenaline and the excitement, and I was, I was pretty naive, too. Um, I had played some JV games. Like, this is a whole different deal. It's go time. So the ball's kicked off, right? And, I mean, I'm flying down the football field. And by flying, I, I mean, like, I ran a 40 in about 5.5 seconds. Now, if you don't know what that means, that's the opposite of lightning fast. <laughs> but I'm doing the best I can. So I'm running down the right, and I see a member of the opposite team, and he's getting ready to hit me. I'm like, I don't want, nope, nope. So I sidestepped him, only to see another member of the opposite team. Now, I'm telling you, I remember like it was yesterday. Here's what I saw. I remember seeing, literally, I don't know why, I remember seeing his nostrils. And then I remember seeing the black sky with the lights of the stadium. And in that moment, I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever experienced in my life. (laughs) And I get up and I run back to the sidelines. I I kid you not, guys. My coaches are laughing at me. My teammates are laughing at me. Like, I got absolutely lit up. And I said then, this is why God put me on the planet. Like, I've got to be on this field every Friday night from here on out, okay? And the reality is this. That play actually changed my life. And here's what I mean. 
Like I, I really started taking things more seriously. Like I would, I would go to every single workout that there was. I would spend my summers uh, with with the football team, and we would we would be in the weight room. Twi- I mean, two times a day, and just going when I didn't even have to go. And it's like I had to experience that over and over and over again. It was awesome. Now, why do I tell you that? I kid you not. I've been praying that. This psalm that we're in today will do to you what that one play my sophomore year did to me. I mean, I, I think that, that it can overtake you. I think it can change you. The truth in this psalm can, can literally form what paths you take leaving this place today. I hope that happens. And before we dive in, I just got to let you know, like, The robbing effects of sin are real to all of us. Right? Like, there, there is a pain and oppression that comes from sin that can, that, that's familiar. None of us are immune to it. Oh, but Psalm 103. <laughs> Praise God for Psalm 103. Let's dive into it. David, this is a psalm of David. And he comes out of the gate. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. David, in the very first verse, commands his own soul to bless Yahweh. To bless means to ascribe worth above everything or every person. Bless Yahweh, he says. This Yahweh, this personal, this delivering God. Very close God. Bless him, oh my soul. He, he directly and intentionally speaks to his own soul. He says, and all that is within me. My mind, my will, my emotions, my affections. All that is within me. Bless his holy name. How is it that David gets to this point of praise? I think we're going to see it here. Before we go to that, look at verse 2 where he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. See, David, before he jumps in, he wants to remind us that this is something we should not forget. In other words, remember all of God's benefits. It is human nature for us to forget, right? And I think David comes out of the gate and he recognizes the danger in forgetting. So what is it that forgetting might cause us to do? See, forgetting will likely lead to ungratefulness. All the parents in the room say amen. It's funny, like literally yesterday, right? I go, I go to the store because I got to get socks, because something eats my socks. I don't know where they go. I just know I don't have any matching socks, and they just like vanish into, into thin air. You all know exactly what I'm talking about. So I got to do a sock bankruptcy. I go to the store. I go to Target and get me some socks, okay? And I come home, and Oakley, she's my four-year-old girl, super dramatic, and she sees my socks like I brought home a new car or something. And she says... You got new socks? I said, yeah. I never gotted new socks ever. 
was her words. Okay? Literally that day, I had just bought her a little t-ball glove because she's getting ready to start t-ball. Not long ago, I bought her a stinking Jeep, like a pink Jeep that she can drive around in the driveway. But you never gotted me socks ever. You see, she forgot. And when you forget, just like a child, it will lead you to being ungrateful. Forget not all his benefits. Forgetting will also lead to pride and arrogance. You see, we're going we're gonna to talk here in a minute about some pits. Um, but when you forget, see, so you start to think a little too highly of yourself. And it could be that self-righteousness sinks in. John Calvin said, forgetfulness buries in our hearts the innumerable innumerable benefits of God. Another thing that forgetting will do, it will stifle our praise. This psalm is full of praise because David remembered. See, at our church, we receive communion each week. And now, of course, you guys know that during this COVID thing that we're not able to do that. But But a lot of churches do not receive communion as often as we do. Uh, But the heart, I just want you guys to know, we've been asked a lot, why do you guys guys receive communion every single Sunday? The heart is this. We don't want to forget. Like it's a thing that we should remember. It's a theme through the Old Testament. Hey, remember, forget not, forget not. And then Jesus affirms it by saying, so often as you do this, do it in remembrance. See, we're prone to forget, and David warns us. And here's what we're getting ready to dive into, Hill City Church. We are getting ready to dive into what David says are the benefits of God, and we are going to get hit with wave upon wave upon wave upon wave upon wave of gospel rehearsal. Hill City Church, do not... Forget what we're getting ready to talk about. Forget not all his benefits. Verse 3 then says, Who forgives all of your iniquity. Hill City Church, he forgives. Okay, so... I'll let the 9 o'clock get away with this. It's not happening here. Okay? Listen to me. Are you kidding me? Hill City Church, he forgives. Amen? He forgives. It's a benefit. And listen, we are guilty. 100% of us, we are guilty. And left to ourselves, we will wreck our own lives. Let me ask you a few questions. Do you remember what it is like to not be forgiven? Do you remember how lost you were? Okay, do you remember how empty you once were? And, I, and I'm, not, 
and I'm not asking those questions so you can take a trip down memory lane to, 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 uh, uh, like, to, to cause a place for shame to grow or cause a place uh, for you to feel guilty. I just want you to think about it because when you remember those things, when you remember what it's like to not be forgiven, when you remember how empty you once were, it's then and only then that the forgiveness of God stays refreshing. It's refreshing. He forgives. But don't miss it. It doesn't just say, bless the Lord, forget that all his benefits. He forgives. No, no, no. He forgives all of your iniquity. Every bit of it. And listen, I don't want to unintentionally cause you uh, to, to read this as just some past tense thing. Right? This is a very present tense verse. Like, these benefits are very present and, and ongoing. Like, he didn't just forgive you 20 years ago at a church camp. This is something that's continual. Don't forget it. Do not forget it. He forgives all of your iniquity. Your past iniquity. Your very present iniquity. And the iniquity and the sin that you are going to take part in when you leave this theater today. Don't forget it. He forgives. I was talking to Royce who, who preached last week. How many of you guys were here last week? Right? Royce, he preached last week. Right? If you were not here, go back and listen to that. Um, he, he is a great gift to our church. I try to meet with him as much as possible because I want to be like him when I grow up. And, and I always run my sermon stuff by him or try to, right? Because he has so much wisdom. And we were just sitting there talking. And he brought up an illustration to me. And I'm going to embellish it a little bit. Um, it wasn't his. He just brought it up. It was actually Jen Wilkin who does a lot of Bible studies. But it was essentially this, like, imagine, go with me. Some of you are going to break out in a cold sweat when you do this, but it's okay. Imagine if you came into this theater, and it was your day, and we are going to drop a screen, and we're going to play all of your sins on that screen for everybody to see, your past sins, your present sins, the sins you're going to commit in the future. Here they go. They are going to, somebody up there is going to push play, and here we go. And you're waiting for it to play, right? And it never starts. Because you're forgiven, Hill City Church. You're forgiven of all your iniquity. Amen? Amen. And the psalmist reminds us. Hill City Church, he forgives. Do not forget it. Do not forget it. And here's the reality. David could have stopped and that would have been enough. Like, let's just sing about his forgiveness, right, for the next 100 years. Could we not do that? But he doesn't stop. Check this out. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all of your diseases. Now, I know where your mind immediately goes here. Well, is this physical or is this spiritual? And I'm just going to remind you what I said last week. Why do we have to pick? I'm not picking. We don't have to pick. 
Let's just talk about the physical healing first. I'm just, this is me, okay? I have seen, I have witnessed physical healing that I know for a fact was from the Lord. Okay? I'm not saying my personal sickness, I'm just saying I have witnessed it. Like I have witnessed people being told you have a week, you have maybe two weeks at best to live. That was 15 years ago and they're still kicking. Like I've witnessed that. Many of you have also, like physical healing is something that God can do. And it's something that God does. And the reality is this, while God may not physically heal everyone on this side of eternity, this side of the sun, we would uh, do well to remember that he can if he wants to. Amen? He may not, but he can. When you mark my words, any of y'all get sick, we're going to get around you, we're going to pray because we believe he can. Now, I can say this confidently because a lot of us will pray for that healing and we won't see it on this side of the sun. But I can tell you this confidently. If Jesus is your king, if you trust him by faith and repentance, you will be physically healed one day. Whatever you're suffering from physically right now, there will be a day you will not suffer from that anymore, guaranteed. That is the truth. So yes, physically, God heals. But let's talk spiritually. And I, and I know some of you have been through some tough stuff, but I think I can confidently say this as well. There is no physical disease that holds even a candle to the disease of sin. Like the damage that sin can do on one's life, no physical disease matches that. And God, without question, heals the disease of sin. Listen, it, he takes wicked, ugly, nasty, hard, rock hard, black hearts, and he makes them brand new. And every single time that it happens, it's a miracle. It's a miracle healing. We're going to have some baptisms coming up, Lord willing, in a couple weeks. If we're able to gather, I think we will be. And every story you see, every story you've seen on this stage of baptism, let it not be lost on you. It's a miracle that God does that. He heals Hill City Church. Don't forget it. And David could have stopped right there. And we could have sang for the next hundred years, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. But he doesn't. Look at verse 4. Who redeems your life from the pit. Can we talk about pits a little bit? we talk about those this morning? Pits. These things that we become trapped in. Yeah? Pits. These things that enslave us. Pits are, the, are these things that we think will deliver us. 
pits could be these things that we think will ultimately fulfill us or complete us. Hill City Church, do you remember the pit from which you were redeemed? Because this guy does. My college years, my college years were an absolute disaster. Let me, let, me just, let me describe them for you. Let me give you some adjectives here. Despair. Where's Calvin? These are adjectives, right? Okay, he's my English guy. Okay, listen, me in college, despair, insecurity, anxiety, loneliness. Now, here's the thing about me. Here's what's funny about this. I was never alone in college, ever. Oh, but I was the loneliest guy on the planet. But I knew how to not be alone. Didn't do anything for my loneliness. I partied like a maniac. I'm just going to tell you. I, I will drive up and down streets in this city still to this day, and I'll see places where things happen that mess me up, where I'm reminded, oh, that happened there? Oh, that happened there? That's, that's my college, that's, that's me, less than a mile that way. What a pit. Here's the thing about pits. We have to remember this. You don't get yourself out of a pit. It's God who must reach into the pit and pull you out of it. He must redeem you from that pit because you cannot get yourself out of it. You know why? You're not good enough. Listen, that's not bad news. That's good news. You're not good enough to do it. Now, here's the better news. When God reaches into a pit to pull you out, you're not bad enough to keep yourself there and to keep him from doing it. Amen? Amen. You're not. And to be clear, pits, they're not just merely these collection of bad mistakes that you made in college, okay? Okay? Don't hear that that's what I'm saying. Pits are places that rob you of rest and peace and, and, and the peace of God and contentment. That's how you would see or define a pit. Pits are things that, 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 that keep us from the good that God has for us. And we don't have time to dive into this, but I want to make sure that you understand this. Maybe you have no idea or you cannot at all relate to, to the similar pit that maybe my college years uh, might have been, right? Maybe that, that makes no sense to you. But in your mind, you think, no, I used to be in this pit, but I, I dug myself out and I got myself out of this pit. No, you didn't. Here's what you did. You just dug a tunnel. You just dug it over to another pit and you're still in a pit. 
And, and if it kind of grossed you out to think about, oh, that's the kind of guy you were in college, oh, and now you're pastoring, you're likely in a pit of self-righteousness. And it's just as dark, and redemption is just as needed. He redeems you from the pit, Hill City Church. Do not forget it. And the psalmist could have stopped right there, huh? Do we not have enough to praise and worship about? Forgiveness, healing, redemption, come on. But he doesn't stop. Who redeems your life from a pit, comma, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. This is huge. And I'm going to explain why. You guys thought we were done talking about pits, and we're not, because I think these are connected. God doesn't reach into a pit and redeem you from that pit and then just set you on the edge of that pit and say, you think about what you did, mister. And you need to at least once a day turn around and look at that pit and remember, be reminded where you came from. And you're lucky I pulled you out of it. And that's the rest of your life. That is not what Psalm 103 tells us. Because here's the reality, man. Like these pits, they're great sources of shame for a lot of us. These pits are, are sources of guilt for a lot of us. The pit is something that can give us feelings of being unlovable. The pit, these pits are things that give us feelings of being unworthy. Let me just be super real with you guys, okay? Um, every time I drive here, especially on a Sunday morning, I got this thing going on, right? In my head. And it's not the truth of God. But I drive in here and I feel like a fraud. Okay? Especially days when I know I'm going to come up here, open God's word and share it with you. Like I am like, I have to fight it. Because I have this thing going on in my head where, where I'm like, God, you got the wrong guy for this. Like, I got this, man, like that pit, like, I'm not the guy. You, I think you messed this up. But then I go to Psalm 103. And it's like God, through this psalm, says, Brad, you, listen, don't forget, I crowned you with steadfast love and mercy. I didn't just drag you from the pit. I drug you from the pit, and then I crowned you with steadfast love and mercy. And maybe like, maybe like me, some of you guys are just like, you're hearing things, and it's not the voice of God, but you're, you're hearing your flesh say, you're just lucky I got you out of the pit. Sit over in the corner and shut up. You're just lucky I pulled you out of the pit. Quit thinking that you can matter in ministry. 
Man, Psalm 103 is for you. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. And here's the reality, guys. God knows my failure better than I do. He knows your failure better than you do. And he still chooses to crown you with steadfast love and mercy. You've got to understand how intimate this is. Okay? Listen, this isn't like you're in the back of of the theater and God chucks a crown and hopes it lands on your head. That's not how crowning works. Like, you've got to draw near to crown someone, right? How do you get a crown placed on your head from a distance? You don't. God draws near to you to crown you with steadfast love and mercy. He doesn't just redeem us out of a pit and sit us over and say, no, you just need to marinate in all of your screw-ups. He says, I know exactly what you did. And I love you forever. I know exactly what you did. And I'm going to give you mercy like you will never experience anywhere else in your life on this planet. Here you go. Just smile at me. Somebody smile at me. This is the greatest news you're ever going to hear in your life. Are you kidding me? Amazing. And the psalmist could have stopped. Right there, with steadfast love and mercy. It's interesting. I read a couple commentaries. I guess they all read the same guy or, what, or whatever. I don't know. But um, here, here's how they describe this, right? Because we're in the Old Testament. This is a psalm. And David didn't really know. He didn't know of Jesus Christ, Right? And the way they word it is David actually saw in black and white what, you, what we get to see in color, right? We can just turn the pages over, right, and go to the New Testament, and we know the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Like redemption at its best. And the reality is this, Hill City Church, none of us, we are not worthy. Jesus makes us worthy. Hill City Church, we are unlovable. Jesus makes us lovely. Hill City Church, we have debt so deep we can't even see the top. Jesus paid it all. Do not forget it. He redeems us from the pit. Would we not have enough to praise God forever, even if the psalmist stopped right there? And he doesn't. Look at verse 5. Who satisfies you with good. What is it that you think will satisfy you today? It's a worthy question. What is it that you think will satisfy you today? Is it, if I had a little bit more success, okay, what if I had a little bit more power? What is it that will satisfy you this morning? Let's check this out, right? Psalm 103 is this huge, rich psalm. We're only in the first five verses. But, but look at verse 14 and 15 of Psalm 103. This is what it says. For he, he's talking about for God. God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, that's all of us in here, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. And for the wind passes over and it's gone. And its place knows it no more. Okay, now that. 
That's your life. That's how fast. We, we, we say this a lot here, and it's not to depress you. We just like to be real. Your great-great-grandkids will not care about you. They, may, they probably won't even know your name. So, so here's what I'd like us to do, just, just for a minute, right? Um, let's take a trip to our deathbeds. Okay? Now, so for some of you, like, that's depressing. But if you're following Jesus, like, let's go, right? Let's go. But let's take a trip there. What do you think it will be that will satisfy you there? Well, that I had a lot of fun, a lot of great experiences in life. What, what about all the money that I have, right? As long as I have a piece of paper that, that shows what's left in my bank account, when I'm on my deathbed, okay, I'll be satisfied. No. Power? Is it power on your deathbed? Somebody's going to have to give you a bath and feed you probably. You think power is going to satisfy you on your deathbed? What will satisfy us? So there's an album. It came, back, it came out in like 2004, and I just wore it out. So uh, Ben Harper did an album with the Blind Boys of Alabama. I mean, right? if, if you have not heard this album, you are welcome, and go listen to it today. It's amazing. But there was a song on this album uh, called Satisfied Mind. And I know I think Dylan, Dylan didn't write it. Dylan sang it beforehand, but the, trust me, Harper and Blind Boys do it so much better. And here, let me just read you some of the lyrics, okay? When my life has ended and my time has run out, my friends and my loved ones, I'll leave, there's no doubt. But one thing's for certain, when it comes my time, I'll leave this old world with a satisfied mind. Now, how do you get there? How do, how do we get there? I got a text, my wife actually got a text this week, and somebody in our church had lost their father. And the text was from his daughter-in-law. And it said, he was ready to meet Jesus. You want a satisfied mind on your deathbed? You must first know Jesus. And it is him, it is he who forgives. Like, your sin is gone. It is he who heals. Wounds addressed. It is he who redeems, identity restored. It is he who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, honor bestowed. It is he who satisfies and fills your heart. Hill City Church, forget not the benefits of God. Remember it. Like, like, okay, can we see now, right, how, how David starts this psalm with such praise. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We can see that, right? Like, like David knew of God's forgiveness and his healings, redemption, all that, right? And, and he says, don't forget him. Can we see how he got there? Hill City Church, that's you. Bless his holy name. 
Amen? Okay, listen to me. Say it with me. Bless his holy name. Okay, that's weak. I mean, that is, that is weak. You are forgiven. You are healed. You are redeemed. You are crowned. And you are satisfied. Hill City Church, bless his holy name. It's the greatest thing you're ever going to hear. Ever. You cannot be told anything better than what you're being told right now. The psalmist could have went on and on and on. But he stops. Why would we, what, what, like, why would we call to remember these? What, what, what would be the result of remembering? Well, he tells us in verse 5, so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Anybody love eagles? Anybody, like you're all Ameri the Americans in here love eagles, right? We love eagles. I love eagles. Okay, now Jenny's not here, but I'm going to need a little help, right? I would get a tattoo of an eagle all the way across my front chest with the wings coming down my arms, okay? Now, Jenny has not given me the green light on this yet. <laughs> but if y'all could help me and tell her yes with the eagle thing, then maybe one day I can get that done, okay? I love eagles. Um, David points to an eagle right here. And we could do a science class on molting and what happens with wings, but we don't have time, right? Here, here's the reality, right? The wings of an eagle, they become frayed, right? They become messed up. Why? Because life happens. You guys know the feeling. Life happens, right? And just like an eagle, we need refreshed. Just like an eagle, we need renewed. Just like an eagle, we, like, we need reminded. And when we go to Psalm 103 and we see and remember the, the benefits of God, we get refreshing. In other words, it's this. this. This Psalm 103 should take us to a place of shalom, of peace, of renewal. The truth of Scripture should do that. And the reality is this, guys. Sin wants to rob you of that place. Here's how I know David could have went on and on and on. Look at verse 17. It should be up on your screen. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. He could write of the benefits of God forever. And there would never be enough paper on the planet to keep writing. He will satisfy you with good Church, satisfaction and goodness is knowing the truth of God's word and then believing that truth. We don't even have to leave this 103rd Psalm. Check this out. Look, look, look at verse 12. In case this isn't enough for you, let me just throw something else that, that, that might cause us to shout. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. God breathed that. Do you understand? Right? Like, that's God's word. So who am I to say that's not true? Who am I to say, well, that's good for everybody else, but not for me? No. 
being satisfied with good is going to God's word and then believing it. Believing it. That my transgressions are... Like, east is from west, that's a long way. Okay, that's translated, it's a long way away. Man, that's so satisfying. Now, for those of you with no sin and you're perfect, that doesn't satisfy you. But for the rest of us, oh, that's so satisfying. So here's the deal. I'm going to wrap this up, but I have to... I have to go here. I have to go here with some hard truth before we wrap this up. So these benefits that I told you about, right? Um, you don't get these apart from Jesus Christ. You need to understand this. And I love you too much to not tell you this. You don't automatically get these because you were born on the planet. That is not how it works. You don't automatically get these because you're a human. That is not how it works. These are only available through Jesus. John 10, 10 says a thief comes to kill and to steal and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come so that you can have life and life abundant. Do the benefits of Psalm 103 sound like life to you? Are that, is that not life-giving? The enemy would have you think you can get those benefits apart from Jesus and that's just a way to kill and to steal and destroy you. So what, what do I do? How, what? Romans 10.9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, okay, then Psalm 103 is real for you. Did you catch that? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that's how Psalm 103 becomes real. Let me just end with this. Can I, can I just give you an example of... God's mercy manifest. I just want to end with this, okay? So there's a verse that's been a great, uh, man, just joy to me. It's in Joel, um, chapter 2, 25. Here's what it says. God says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Okay, you, you want to describe my college years? You want to describe my pit? Years that the locusts have eaten. I, I, I wasted my college years. Maybe, maybe the pun is intended there. And somehow, through the love of Jesus, I'm a pastor of a church where 300 of them come around all the time, college students. And I get to share the gospel with them over and over and over again. I'm already on the books to, 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 to go teach at midweek this fall twice to college students. And no question about it, I am experiencing the Lord restoring years that the locusts ate. Forget not all of his benefits, he'll say, church. 
makes no sense to me. I should be dead. So I can read the 103rd Psalm, and if you guys go on and read, you can see David uh, literally just invites everything, every person, every creation, everything in nature. No, you've got to praise the Lord with me because this is amazing. And he invites everything into praise. If you are following Jesus and he is your king, don't forget the benefits and you are invited into praise like the psalmist did, did praised in Psalm 103. If you do not know Jesus, I want to personally invite you into a life with Jesus so that you can taste and see the benefits of God. Cannot have them apart from Jesus. But here's what is possible. A life of forgiveness, of healing, of redemption, of being crowned with steadfast love and mercy and being satisfied with good. It's available. Let's pray.